Welcome to Fans of the Forge. We are doing a wrap-up for Season 5, Episode 37 of Forged in Fire, the Bardiche. We're going to go right in. Right in. On this one. First up, we had John, who was at Hawthorne Forge on Instagram. He is three years part-time experience, and he is known for shaving things into his body hair. In fact, he won a sweater contest by shaving a Christmas tree on his chest. It was an ugly sweater contest. Did he, he just said a sweater hey. contest. He was hey. an ugly sweater contest. Maybe it was. Either way. It's not that ugly, was it? It was a good Christmas tree. Yeah. And so he decided he was going to shave an anvil on his chest so he could win fortune fire. The anvil wasn't as good as the Christmas tree. We're going to say that right out. I don't think it was as good, but it was still... It was there, man. It was there. It's good effort. And we'll, and that'll come back later on in the episode. So then, second up here, we had Ken Hall, at Ken Hall Knives on Instagram. He had 10 years of part-time experience. We had Tim Troyer, with 20 years of part-time experience. And he was talking about how he's teaching orphan boys in Uganda how to make knives. And it was an interesting story, and then he he ends up going more into that with round one. Um, I'll get into it and once we explain what round one was. It'll be a little make a little more yeah. sense. And then, last but not least, we had Michael Peterson, who had twenty three years <laughs> of part time experience, and he had watched his dad, you know, forging as a young boy, and when he was really young, got into it and just started forging on his own. So he's got a lot of Pretty good experience doing this sort of stuff. And you'll see how that plays out for him. So for round one, our contestants, they walk out into a parking lot of a storage facility. And right away, Will Willis says, you guys are using coal forges. You're going to be provided the coal and a 12-inch piece of 1095 steel. But you're not going to get a forge. Yeah. You have to rummage through the storage crap that we left all over the place here and find the materials to build a forge. Right. So that was interesting. Yeah. You know, it's not hard enough outside with a coal forge. You got to build your forge too. And it was obviously a hot day. Oh, yeah. Sunny day. And they have to rummage through all this random crap and try to find the right things. It's a lot. It's a, that's That's easily one of the the most difficult challenges they've ever done, I think. But lo and behold, hey, there's just the right materials in there for everyone to make a forge out of something. Well, it wasn't like, I mean, yes, they're obviously going to go through it, but yeah, I didn't say something, was, hunt something was kind of planted in there. You yeah. Know? There's a brand new brake drum that a guy used. <laughs> that thing was brand oh, new. Oh, yeah, that was a shiny brake yeah, drum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go to the junkyard and find a rusty one. Make it look like, you know. But right. You why would they have a brake drum in a, a storage? storage? Com- yeah. That doesn't make sense. I don't anyway, know. Anyway. So they had to go build their forges, and then they had to make blades that were between 9 and 12 inches, a minimum, no more than 22 inches long. They did not have any access to power hammers or hydraulic equipment, though there were uh, angle grinders, and there might have been a chop a pop- saw. Yeah, chop saw. Yeah. So for John, for his forge, he grabs bricks for the base, a shop vac and a pipe for his air source, and he had to cut some slits into the pipe to reduce the airflow because right. that shop vac was really blown was blowing, hard. Yep. 
So, but he got it together really yeah, quickly. That was pretty cool. Um, I also noted that he brought his own power hammer. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, he used the angle grinder to slash the sides of his steel so that he could chisel it down and break it apart and use and get it into a smaller billet right off the bat. Yeah, that was a pretty beefy bar. They all I work with. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. It was tough for him to move just the that type of steel in general. I think it was a little harder to to move and then have it be such a large piece was difficult. At one point, John says he has he he has the physical and mental strengthness. Yeah, this is saying it's not a word. Uh, I mean, it's no, it's not a word. <laughs> and uh, then he quenched and went to the angle grinder near the end of the round, and. By that point, his blade was looking pretty good. Yeah. Like, he, he cleaned it up nice. Didn't really have any major issues with the build at that point. Right. For Ken, <laughs> he grabbed a small barrel as a stand, a kitchen sink, some pipe fittings, and a leaf blower for air, all for his forge. And wouldn't you know, those pipe fittings just screw right into <laughs> the kitchen sink and easily hook up to the the leaf blower area. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty great, man. It was well, uh, luck is on his side that it day. Was, it, well, it was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so he tried to reduce the size of his steel using the angle grinder, and promptly gave up. Gave on up. That. Yeah, he was like, "This isn't cutting very." Yeah, quickly. it looked like it made a little indent in the top. So he gave up and just decided, "I'm just gonna hit this." piece of metal and shape it down and that was it was not moving it was not he was really struggling to get the metal to move the way he wanted it to just because he left it so big he kept it was hammering so hard for so long and it just was not coming to shape it was still a square stock very minimal shaping shaping shapage going on and then wouldn't you know it he's not feeling very well He's overheating. Not the first guy to overheat in this episode. No. But he just says, I'm done. Yeah. And he walks off the set and he quits. Yeah. Will's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. I was like, I got a headache and I feel well. I was very shocked that Will didn't try to can at least try to talk him back into staying. I mean, guys walk off. They usually come back. And and Will I mean isn't shown ever trying to convince them to come back. Yeah, but... He just I, kind of acknowledges that... Usually when they going. leave the forge, they're not just like, I quit. Right. There they're have been episodes where Will has gone and said, "You, if you quit now, you can't come back. If, But if you can get something made, like if they break a blade or something... For all we know, he did that, and they just didn't air it because the guy decided well, to quit. Well, yes, I that's... He, I mean, he, he's, his steel was still a ways away from being thin enough to be a blade. That's true. That's he true. still had a lot of... A long way to go with that metal, and he was that's all he was doing, he was just hammering it, and he was slowly moving it, but it wasn't gonna be enough. He wasn't gonna have enough time to finish that thing out, yeah, you're right. So they seem surprised, but I'm like, if did you look at his steel? Like, <laughs> it wasn't, he's not gonna get it done. No, it just wasn't very developed at that point, so he quit. Then for Tim, wouldn't you know it? Tim has built forges out of household items before. In fact, that was part of his whole teaching um, the orphan boys how right. to make knives was they were scrounged for parts of whatever was around and make forges that they could use to make these knives. Makes me think of, uh, wasn't there, uh, was it in like Brazil? Like some, there's some guy that, 
he was teaching these kids how to make instruments out of like trash from the dump. And they made like a, there's like this little yeah. orchestra or something like that they put together. Yeah. It was like 60 minutes episode on a couple of years ago. It was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that's, it is interesting. It yeah. was pretty cool. So he grabs <laughs> a, uh, he grabs a barbecue grill and they're, Will Willis is talking to Ben about, well, if this gets hot enough, couldn't you burn out the, a hole in your in your basin for your your coal? And Ben's like, "Yeah, just use kitty litter. Just dump some kitty litter in there." And Will's like, "What? <laughs> kitty litter?" He goes, "It's just clay. It's not gonna burn. It's fire resistant. Yeah. So wouldn't you know it? Tim fills his with kitty litter, and then he used a hair dryer for his airflow." All right. Um, he took a while to get his billet cut to the right size um, as well. He overheated, had to walk away, left his steel oh, in the forge while he walked away. And when he came back, he pulls it out and the, te- the tip, it just falls right off. Yeah. It just burned right through. And uh, and he had to go back to his remaining piece of stock that he had cut off before, which was a lot bigger, and try to forge something out of that because he had really just burned the sh- crap out of his yeah. piece, which. I feel for the guy because when we took our blacksmithing lesson, I burned the shit out of my first four, my hook that I was working on, and uh, it really sucks. It, it just crumbles. It it's, just falls apart. Yeah, it's like chalk. Not even chalk. It's like broken chalk that you try to put together and like you lick it or something, and then it's just like you pick it up and it just falls apart. Yeah, it's, it's bad. So anyway, the last remaining part there, he, he takes the metal that he had, focuses on getting a tip made. Um, after quenching though, he didn't feel that the, the blade was hard enough. And so even with this whole crazy challenge, he decides he's going to go for a second heat treat, Yeah, which the judges are always against. Don't go for that second heat treat, especially in a coal fire that gets so hot. Like right. you could, you could destroy your blade. Um, but he did it. And then he was like, Hey, I think it's pretty hard. Worked. Yeah. And then Michael he used bricks and a brake drum for his fire bucket and uh, yeah, basically made it was no issue at all to get his forge going. And so at this point, everybody had their forge finished up and running with a half an hour, only half an hour had passed yeah. in the round, which was, I think, pretty impressive. That's really very impressive considering the other times when they've done coal forges, it could take a guy like an hour Get, yeah, get Cole Forge going wasn't like Jeff. Yeah, it took Jeff a long time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, These guys knew what they were doing. Yeah, and they and so here's so what was some of the differences here was that Jeff, for example, had one of these tiny hand crank air things, which probably wasn't helping. That makes True. the whole process a lot harder. But they had power yeah. to power their air sources, so that makes that aspect of it a lot easier. But anyway. Michael cuts his bar stock down first and foremost, gets it down to a good size. Seems to have a lot of trouble holding on to his metal for a while. Uh, oh, cut, yeah. He kept dropping Dropping it all over the place. It all over the place. Then he takes the angle grinder, cuts down more material off of it, and he got overheated, walked away while his blade was in the forge, and burnt the metal Whoops. real bad. It was really not looking good. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, like a chunk came off of where the edge should have been. And uh, he's like, I can't fix this, but I'm going to try my best to fix it and rather than try to start over. Right. 
And he left it as is and kind of ground it down as best as he could. And then he did his quench with about five minutes remaining. So when it came to judging, Ken had already basically left. So they just had to meet the parameters and they were getting into the second round. John had the most finished blade, uh, but there was a crack right where the spine meets the tang. Luckily, it was on the back side, and it was in a spot where he could hit it with the torch, and it would be easy to fix it, right. and uh, it wouldn't affect the stability of the metal. For Tim, it was a very rough knife that didn't really have much of a defined edge. He also had some cracks and fissures that really needed to be addressed, but otherwise was well done. And then Michael, he had a solid hunk of metal with a chunk missing and a crack that could be fixed. So everybody made it past the parameters. Tim self-eliminated. Essentially, he gave himself the boot. He can (laughs) self-terminate. And so must lower me into the steel. (laughs) We move on to round two. All right, round two. You have to add a handle. And also put a guard on their plates. So John, he fills in a crack that was on his tang, uh, then goes for linen micarta, and while drilling through it, cracked it. Yeah. Then gets another material and cracked that. And man, that one like popped. Yeah, that popped. Was like a loud yeah. pop. Ben was like, how do you crack linen <laughs> micarta? Like, how do you do that? Um. So then he goes for uh, some rainbow material and... looks similar to the handle I have right. on the knife I bought yeah. from um, Jason Reddick. It's like a rainbow. I don't know if it's a micarta or if it's like a rainbow stack of wood yeah. uh, scale or something. So then he spent a lot of time grinding a convex edge on his blade. Yeah, Moving on to Tim. Welds an additional piece to make the tang longer. Used brass for his guard and then shaped his handle. And he was blue backing his blade tip to make it a little more springy. So he's taking a torch to it, kind of heating it up, taking some of the hardness out of it. Uh, Michael starts addressing his issues ASAP on the grinder, softens the blade with the torch to straighten it, then snaps his blade. Oh. Yeah, that was rough. That was bad. I'll just heat it up, stick it in the... Well, he's hammering it. He yeah. was hammering that thing, trying to get it straight, and then he flips it over, and he's, boop, two pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so what's he do? Well, what can he do? He welds a blade back together. We've seen that in recent episodes. Hey. It we... didn't pan out so well. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do, and that's all he could do pretty much. So then he will go for, goes for some elk antler for his handle. Uh, one of the benefits of that is he didn't have to shape it. It's yeah. already a shape. So that uh, you didn't have to put a lot of time into anything, really, just getting it attached. So moving on to the testing, the strength test was a corrugated steel slat, a stab, and that's Ben taking on some steel. So John's up first, and the blade is all in one piece. The edge rolled a little bit the whole way down. Uh, the handle's a little blocky, but overall, it was well done. Tim, edge is still pretty sharp with a little bit of rolling. Tip is a little flat. And for Michael, tiny deflection, but even where it was welded, it held up. The handle is small but comfortable. Yeah, I was really shocked that he made it through this test. Like, the way that Ben was stabbing it, not as big of an issue because the corrugated steel, I think, was a little thinner. It's flimsy stuff. So 
he stabbed it in, but then the last thing that Ben did was he stabbed it dragging it, it down. down. Yeah. So it held up to that force, yeah. and, the, and it could have been worse. So moving on to sharpness test, it's Doug slicing and dicing through a tarp, which was a unique kind of test. I haven't seen that. Yeah. So for John, it's sharp. It will cut. Tim, the handle is very comfortable on a slice that didn't cut, um, but when it punctured first, it did cut. So overall, it will cut. Yeah, it was just his his final slashes didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. so he cut through, but then... The harassing cuts. The harassing blows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for Michael, um, he had a cute tip that punctures well and slashes, uh, but it did get caught on Ricasso a bit. Overall, it will cut. So, Tim gets the boot due to his tip flattening and not cutting as well as the other guy's blades. Yeah. That's what it came down to. So, how about that weld? The weld held up. Hey. Got got Michael into the third round. There you go. Got to give him credit for that. He he must have done a really good job. Did a good job, weld. yeah. So, then we have round three the where they go home and build the Bardiche. It's a 16th and 17th century Eastern European infantry and soldier's weapon. The Bardiche pole was also used to prop up muskets to fire from a distance. Um, we have a new game to play. <laughs> it's not dominations. It's chivalry, medieval warfare, featuring this weapon. Have you tried chivalry? No. No. Is that one that they're they're plugging or because they've made mention of other games before they, right they have made mention of other games they didn't show this game the like no. dominations they, they right. showed so i think they were just referencing another game oh. that had it so the parameters uh, must have a sharpened perforated blade between 19 and 22 inches long and the length of the shaft from shaft from 56 to 58 inches long which whenever they have a big long weapon like that we like to note that I'm five feet tall, and this weapon is as big as me. (laughs) So Michael, on day one, um, uses a Coke Forge and 5160 steel, has some issues keeping it straight. On day two, he works on the handle, breaks his grinder, but gets a nice-looking handle and perforates his Bardiche blade. And when he broke his grinder, the thing broke off and basically smashed him in the face, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Like, the whole thing, his whole grinder belt thing just fell off. Yeah. Um, they don't show day three, but on day four, he's doing an edge quench to reinforce the blade and it's nice and hard, begins assembling and chooses a pineapple on a log to see if it's front heavy. And that was what the last we saw of Michael until testing. John also uses 5160 steel, um, forges out the rough shape on day one as quickly as possible, leaves it in the forge after turning it off to keep it soft. Um, I was waiting for something bad to happen. I know. <laughs> they show him turning it off, and it's super bright in there because obviously right. the bricks and everything on the inside are still going to be glowing hot for a while. He's like, I'm just going to leave this in here and let it stay soft. All right, see you tomorrow. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> What's coming? We've so trained to expect bad things to happen right. when you leave. Oven's on and leave the room. Um, on or, day three. What? Or just forged in fire in general. Yeah. Just tries <laughs> yeah. to make everything seem like the worst thing ever. Um, on day three, he finishes his perforations, builds his own quench tank, and it leaks, so he lines it with plastic and tinfoil. 
Um, puts metal in the quench tank and it starts leaking. So he takes it out and hopes it's hard enough. Yeah, the plastic wrap that he used just was not quite enough. To, yeah. It just must have melted immediately once that oil got to temperature. Yeah. On day four, he starts on his detail work with paint. Then um, it's an acid to eat away around the paint, and it looks so good. Yeah, it looked pretty badass. It was a neat design he put on there. Yeah. And then they go in for testing. Um, the kill test is to chop a pig carcass. John, Doug loves the swells in the handle because he can grip it anywhere. The blade is razor sharp. It will kill. Um, he I took need... his shirt off after he oh, that's it right. will kill. Yeah. He had shaved it will kill on his back. Yes. That's... Somebody had to have done that for him. Oh, well, it yes. was too perfect yeah. for him to have done it. But still, yeah. he did it. Michael, um, Doug is winded, is 11 pounds and all forward weight. It will kill, though. Yeah, it's just a heavy weapon. Yeah. You can see Doug, like, on the last swing, he stopped and he's like, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. um, the strength test was a stump thump and steer smash. John has a nice weight, but Ben doesn't like the swells in the handle. The edge held up beautifully. So Doug loved it. And Ben right. was like, I don't like it because I can't move my hands. But Doug's like, I can move my hands and grab wherever I want. Well, I, I kind of see where Ben's coming from. I thought the same thing. I was like, what are you talking about? But <laughs> if you're going to swing an axe, like you start and then you slide your hands down to the bottom. Okay. So I think that's part of his method yeah. when he's doing that swing. So that's going to be kind of weird. That's a good point. But Doug if you're just taking different He's just of, statically holding it. Yeah. He was going for more of a sideways swing yeah. rather than a downward swing. So that does make more sense. Now, now that you say that, yeah. Uh, Michael, hope you get your Wheaties. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. Right. <laughs> Everything is still tight and the edge held up well. Um, sharpness test. In one shot, trying to split watermelons. So they're stacked. Four watermelons. Oh, yeah. Which yep. is precarious to start. And so, how do you think they stacked them and held them all four like that? Like they had to have been attached to hot something. glue. Watermelons? <laughs> I mean, you could hot glue watermelons if they're dry. <laughs> for for the sake of just like balance. I don't know. I think the skin's really like it's wasn't well, it? It's kind of it's slick, but it. You have really, to stack four of them. What I'm saying, like even with hot glue, I'm just like I don't think that would really work. They it wouldn't hold for long. But no. They need to. I wonder if they cut. Like flats, oh, flattened uh, it out. Maybe that could be. That's probably that makes a lot <laughs> more yeah. logical than hot glue. Anyway, um, so in one shot, split the watermelons half in one bucket, half in the other. Yeah. Okay. And, and I thought that was going to be more part of the test. Because then I'm like, well, that's kind of impossible. You don't know how these things are going to roll. Well, that's around. the thing. Like, and your aim has to be perfect. Perfect. Like, it's not so much about the weapon; it's about the user. Yeah. But did you see how far the buckets were away yes. from it? They like, there's no way the bottom one was no going to go in those buckets. <laughs> <laughs> they needed troughs on either side. That would have worked. So for John, goes through all four. It feels good. But it was sharp cutting edge. It was like his was off. Like. Yeah. His was right. like the buckets didn't matter. No, the buckets didn't matter. All. For it, but just watermelon all over the floor. Shot. No, it wasn't down yeah. the middle. It was off. Yeah. Michael easily cuts through all four. It's definitely sharp, but it weighs a ton. I don't think David had to swing that very hard at no. all. I think he just kind of held it up and let it go, and it was like a <laughs> and that thing went down the middle. Yeah, that, that cut him pretty well. That was good. 
but due to that weight, yeah. John wins. Yes. Yay for John. So that was it was a it was a good episode. I liked the weapon. I liked the embellishments of the weapon. I liked the tests. Everything about it was a it was a fun episode. Round one was crazy, which yeah. you haven't seen something like that in a while. Um, I did enjoy the watermelon test. I, I enjoyed the body hair. The body hair, you know, the shaving. That was, it was good, good. Yeah. So congratulations to to John of Hawthorne <laughs> Forge. So make sure you check him out on Instagram. Um, then that was it. That was the episode. Yeah. Not much else to say about it. It was a Not good too one. Too many more left. We, we think. keep <laughs> saying that. We've said that for the last ten we, episodes. We said that a few months ago. It's ridiculous how many episodes there are, and there's at least one more coming next week. Right. There has to be a finale. You would think so. I would have thought that whole tournament of champions would have been been a finale. That would have been the perfect finale. Anyway, next week. Next week. (laughs) Next week. (laughs) I've seen uh, previews of that, and that one's going to be interesting because it features the first time they've had a deaf bladesmith on the show, and uh, it made a lot of news around the bladesmithing community that this guy was on there because he's. He's deaf and uh, oh, I thought he said deaf. So did I. I'm like, deaf. what makes a deaf blade? <laughs> no, versus... deaf, as in okay. can't no, hear. It. But uh, he actually, that guy actually added me as a friend on Facebook. Um, cool. So that nice. was pretty neat. So I think his name is Buddy Thomas. So I'm looking forward to seeing that All episode. Right. Um, that should be a fun one. And in the meantime, please watch some of our other videos, like our knife or death wrap ups, or our master of arms wrap ups. How many are out now? We have three wrap-ups oh, out. Oh, right? all three of our wrap-ups are out, so go check those out. We have a fourth one very soon as yeah, well. That's true. And if the scheduling comes up, we might have an interview with somebody related to the show. Oh, wow. Very soon. Exciting. So, everything is exciting. Please like our Facebook and our YouTube and subscribe and watch the videos and do all of that good stuff. And if you listen to the podcast, please leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. And you know what? We don't really mention, if you're watching this on YouTube and you want to do the audio but you don't know where to go, you can look in the Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, which maybe a lot of people don't realize. Cool. Whether or not you use Spotify, a lot of people do. They have a podcast section. We are on there. Um, So it's one other way to get access to us if you rather just listen, not get all the cool graphics behind us, but... Get all the same information. Or like if you're driving and can't watch things. You listen to our smooth voices. Oh, yes. No, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. Anyway, that was the episode. Season 5, episode 37, The Bardish. Thank you for watching. We'll catch you next week. Later. Bye. Smooth voices. Like smooth jazz? Mmm, forging fire, anyone? I'm dainty, but dainty ladies can accomplish a lot. Dainty ladies, and never underestimate the dainty ladies. (laughs) That's Teresa Normal. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm just soft-spoken.